Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If you need 144 rolls of toilet paper for a 14-day quarantine, you probably should have seen a doctor way before this coronavirus. Hey, schmack a gob it's time for another Vieira Vault, and here's another fan-paid episode, and we have, oh man, this guy's awesome. His name is Scribble. What's up, bro? What up, motherfucking Dr. Fuck? Uh, it's an honor to be on the fucking podcast, man. Thank you. Well, it's an honor to have you, dude, because you know you know why I love you so much, dude? You want to know why? What's that? Well, I'm offended you don't know. <laughs> because you do did the epic Dr. Fuck rap. Um, uh, what, what What is it? I mean, I did the lyrics, but the music, what, or what? what is it? Yeah, uh, yeah. The you mad did, uh... beats. The mad beats. Yeah, yeah, it was basically when Eminem came out with that horrible fucking BET freestyle, and you did your own version, including King Diamond and all the dope metal shit. And I just, I just, uh, I took your acapella from the podcast and I laced a beat under it. And it was awesome. I made a video for it. Yeah, the video is dope as fuck. I was so impressed by it. I was like, look at this shit. This shit's, this guy's a genius. I love <laughs> it. And I'm, well, I'm eternal grateful that you did that for me, man. Well, man, I, I I do that occasionally, but I only do that for people I fucking love. And and when I heard you say that that uh, you owned "Blessed Is the Black" by Coven, I immediately went, "I love this motherfucker." I've never heard anybody <laughs> drop. Oh hell yeah, I've had that shit. And you know the funny thing about that album, it was uh, my friend Holy George who loved the album too. But Holy George just had this thing about giving stuff to people, and he's like, uh-huh. "Here." I was at his house. He goes, here, have this. I think you'll dig it. I was like, all right. And I took it home and I listened and I called him. I go, dude, this shit rules, man. And he's like, yeah, I know. I go, you know, why the fuck you give it to me? Then? Yeah, <laughs> man. Long as my arm and five times as thick, you'll die at the end of my iron, iron dick. dick. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Before we get into uh, Megadeth, did you ever uh, go beyond that album with Coven? They got a couple more. They got Boneless Christian, and uh, there's another one, too. Did you ever check out any of their other shit? I'll tell you right now. I don't think it's Boneless Christian, but in my folder, I have another Coven album, and I'll tell you which one it is. Boneless Chicken. Yeah, 1993. <laughs> yeah, I remember Fucking a Nun was a good song off that one. <laughs> Nun. Fucking a nun, and I'm gonna kill her when I'm done. <laughs> so, so, so they have a third album. Yeah, they got uh, uh, Death Walks Behind You is the other record. Well, you know what? I'm pretty impressed. You're aware of COVID. 
You know, I discovered Coven. Uh, my my grandmother was a, a, a is a was a hardcore Christian at one point, and she brought home from church a a a VHS called uh, "The Dangers of Rock and Roll," and it introduced me to so much dope shit that I love today. Oh, you mean one of those church videos? Yeah, it was oh, one of you know the past. Look at this album cover by Celtic Frost. They're demeaning Christ. And I'm like, that shit looks so fucking cool. I gotta get this. I gotta hear this. Dude, the during the 80s, the satanic panic shit, those church videos fucking ruled. Um <laughs> I they, they gave one on I saw one on some don't ask me why. I don't even know why, but on a religious channel, they had one of those shows, and I taped it on VHS and and dude, it's like uh the, the shit they would say was just fucking hysterical. I mean, they were, they 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 added ELO sticks as satanic oh, yeah. bands. Yeah, <laughs> you know it's oh, crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> Hilarious. <laughs> yeah, see, the satanic panic was awesome, and that video you're talking about, I would love to see that shit. Yeah, it's all on YouTube now. It's called oh. Hell's Bells: The Dangers of Rock and Roll. Oh, I I gotta see this after we're done. That's classic. <clears throat> so uh, I've been, I was honored to be on your show once. And what yes. was it? Was it our favorite Megadeth songs? That was it, Yeah, right? I, have, I have a podcast called uh, The Psycho Head Blowout. Anybody listening, if you want to subscribe, just go search From the Dungeon. That's where I'm under now, the homies podcast. But we post all the Psycho Head Blowouts on there. And uh, yeah, I had you on episode 11, I believe, and it was the top 10 Megadeth songs from 85 to 93, I believe. Right. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, we didn't we didn't explore uh, Symptom has fa- System Has Failed or uh, originally you wanted to do cryptic writings. Why did why did you change your mind to this album? You know. This out, I changed my mind because Cryptic Writings is a great album, and uh, your previous podcast with uh, Ian Wadley, you guys had done a lot of Megadeth episodes, but you never did a Cryptic Writings episode. Um, oh. And it was all, you know, it's one of my favorite of the later years of Megadeth, but uh, I just had to switch it because I've never, I've never found a podcast that have that has reviewed this record. The system has failed, mm. and uh, the system has failed. Uh, came out when I was 12 years old, and it was my first Megadeth record. It was, I, I mean, I had Countdown to Extinction and and Rust in Peace and shit like that, but this was the first one that came out when I was a fan. So it it it, it holds it holds that for me. You know what I mean? I, I have a lot of nostalgia with it, so that's the reason I I, I switched it over. Right on, man. It, you know, uh, I have mixed feelings on the album. You know me. I got to be honest, but. Boy, there's there's parts of this album that fucking rule, and uh, so how did you discover Megadeth? Um, well, uh, I was always into metal. Um, I lived with my parents, you know, uh, until I was nine years old, and and my parents were metalheads, and you know, so I grew up uh, listening to Slayer and listening to my dad's band Jam Sabbath, and and Dude, I hate to I hate to cut you off, but boy, you're hardcore to to leave your parents house at nine years old. <laughs> well, That's hardcore, it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I basically got put into foster care and all that shit. Oh my parents, shit, dude. I'm sorry. Course, my parents are speed freaks and like would cook speed oh, and shit like, <laughs> I hate to hear so, shit like that, dude. But you know what? It all, it all ended 
you know, it was all for the best, obviously, because I then came to California to live with my grandparents and I got introduced to not just metal, but all the shit that my that my grandfather was into, you know, like uh, Earth, Wind and Fire and Cat Stevens and and all the classic rock shit that I, I would never have listened to if it wasn't for living with my grandparents, you know. Ah, you know, but, there's a connection there uh, with Dave Mustaine and Cat Stevens. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'm I'm aware of the the yeah. He got a lot of his melody and shit from uh, listening to Cat Stevens when he was a kid. And I think really just what what I was listening to Metallica, and I noticed that all all of my favorite songs had this guy named Mustaine in the liner notes, written by Mustaine. And I'm like, who the fuck is this Mustaine dude? And I remember uh, seeing something on VH1, and he popped up, and it said Megadeth. So I went to the to the music warehouse and I got Countdown to Extinction was my first Megadeth record. And I just fucking fell in love with it. You know what I mean? I, I connected so much with Dave Mustaine and his story and coming from a fucked up childhood. And you know what I mean? And at that point in my life, I had went from speed freak parents to California with my grandparents who dragged me to church. So then I got the whole demons and and that whole experience of, you know, brainwashing your children with, you know, religion and shit like that. So I just really connected with Dave Mustaine since, since I first heard him. Wow. Cool, dude. Um, I, I did tell my story on your podcast. I remember this, uh, my whole experience with uh, Megadeth, my, um, <clears throat> my, um, discovering of Megadeth was, I was aware of Dave Mustaine, you know, before Megadeth arrived. Cause Dude, I'm older. I'm older than dirt, bro. And uh, my buddy, you know how I discovered it was my buddy got Metal Massacre when it first came out. Mm -hmm. I mean, he. I have Metal Massacre too now on vinyl, but I don't have his version. His version has, I believe, Metallica is spelled with two T's. I could be wrong. Oh yeah. The OG I version. Yeah, he had that version. I ended up getting a later one that just says Metallica properly. But anyway, he called me up. Because this is a guy who I'm still friends with. I love him dearly, even though he's not as metal as I still am. But um, he <laughs> called me up. Me and him used to discover music together. I mean, I'm talking, dude, 70s. He would call me up, dude, I got this band called ACDC. And I was like, who? I mean, nobody knew ACDC. He had a, if you want blood, you got it. So I went to his house. I listened to that. And I was like, well, it's good. But boy, that singer sounds like an alien. I don't, I don't know about that. Now, Bon Scott's one of my greatest uh, favorite singers. He turned me on to Deep Purple, Made in Japan, uh, Cheap Trick, and uh, Van Halen. We were just, uh, we, I've known him since third grade. And Man of War. I mean, every time, and we would always try to find something we didn't know. Dude, I got this band called Iron Maiden. I got this band called Raven. And we would always, like, you know, turn each other on to music. So that day, he called me up and goes, dude. I got this album called Metal Massacre, and there's a band on here called Metallica. Dude, they're faster than Motorhead. I was like, impossible. I'm telling <laughs> you, dude, it's faster than Motorhead. I was like, I'm coming over. He lived about a mile from me, drove my bike over the house, and completely floored at what I heard. It was like, what the fuck is this? Soon after, another buddy of mine got No Life to Leather, the... This, uh, uh, a copy of a copy of a copy on cassette. Right. And uh, I was like, oh shit, more Metallica songs. And that had like, I remember hearing uh, Jump of the Fire was on there and uh, 
Ooh, uh, I can't remember. But anyway, oh, yeah. fast forward. Basically, basically huh? kill them all. With basically yeah. kill them all with with uh, minus a couple tracks. I think Metal Militia wasn't on. I could be wrong. But anyway, fast forward a year later, and we're at a beach party. Uh, this guy rented a hotel. We're all hanging out, partying, getting fucked up. And this guy comes up to me. Uh, hey, man, you ever heard of Metallica? And I was like, oh, my God. You know, nobody knew Metallica back then. I was like, wow. I was like, yeah, dude, hit the lights. And he's like, yeah, dude, I got their album. I was like, uh, what, No Life to Leather? He's like, no, no, kill them all. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, <laughs> come to my car. He had it on cassette. Uh, that was the first time I heard that. So then um, I got the album. I bought the album. And that's when I noticed. I was like, hey, this ain't Dave Mustaine, you know, because I'm so used to the, you know, knowing Dave Mustaine. And another little note. Kerrang! Magazine had a full-page picture of Metallica with Dave Mustaine. Before really? Dave Mustaine. Yeah, dude. It was a black-and-white picture of them live. Uh, this was before Kill Em All, before they fired Mustaine. Anyway, so fast-forward a couple years later, and I used to go to this place called Open Books that sold import albums, and I would always go there, and I'd find, you know, Celtic Frost, uh, you know, Venom, Merciful Fate, Raven, you name it. All the import shit was there. So I went there one day and I saw this album, Megadeth. And on the and it had a little hype sticker on it saying, featuring original Metallica guitar player Dave Mustaine. All I was right. like, whoa, wow. Oh, I got to get this. So I grabbed the album. I go up to the counter. I forgot my wallet. And it takes me 90, <laughs> 90 minutes to get there on a bus, right? And, uh, dude, I fucking had to go back home. Grab my wallet, come back. I told, hold, you know, hold that album for me. Now, I remember I didn't have enough money to get home and I actually panhandled. It was like, I think it was like 50 cents back then or 35 cents. So it didn't take me long. Get home. I put on this album and I was like, whoa, this is even faster than Metallica. This was like the craziest jazz fusion, just insane. And I never understood, you know, people like, ah, Mustaine's voice. Dude, I got it right from the get-go. Because it's so unique. It's so, you know, I, I I was a little like, why is his vocals buried? It should be a little more up front. But whatever, I still ended up loving the album. So that's how I discovered Megadeth. Right. And, uh, and bro, bro, that that fucking, those first two records, like, I don't understand how the fuck people can listen Especially the first record. The first record gets a lot of shit. You know what I mean? Even even a lot of Megadeth hardcores, they skip the first record. Oh, it's just you know him trying to to, to beat Metallica. Like that's what they they claim the whole record is. Really, that was only one song, and it was the 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 mechanics, right? right. But yeah. but but people kind of shit on that record. It's it's what it's one of. My favorite, if not my favorite all-time Megadeth record is Killing Is My Business. That shit fucking shreds. It's, it's, it's venomous. You know what I mean? You could tell this dude's got, first of all, a ton of cocaine and fucking heroin in his system. You could yeah. tell this dude is, is out for revenge. And maybe they could feel that. You know, the haters of the album can feel that. But to me, I've always loved it. I've always loved Dave Mustaine's voice. That's one of my favorite things about Megadeth. Yeah, and, yeah, it, and I, I agree with you, dude. To me, P-Cell's my favorite. Killing is my second favorite. Um, but, you know, because then, then when I got P-Cell's, you know, when that came out, that was like, holy shit. You know, I was like, 
goddamn, th- this band is lethal, you know? And they were on Capitol Records. And, and let me ask you this, man. Do you like the original album cover of Killing Is My Business? I love the, I know this is rare, but I love the original cover. I think it's so fucking badass. I like the remix cover too, but I think the original, yeah, it's, it's, it's cheap. You know what I mean? They didn't have any fucking money for the cover, but it's iconic to me. Like, like that's some classic horror. It reminds me of like a horror eighties flick. I agree, dude. I love that album cover. I do like, you know, the, what they did later, which, was as Dave Mustaine said, was supposed to be the album cover, that right. uh, re- remix cover. But dude, I don't know. There's just something about those early metal albums, those combat covers, and 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 uh, Megaforce and Metal Blade. They're cheesy, but they're awesome. That's probably the same reason why I love all those early MTV videos that are so stupid. It's great, you know. <laughs> yeah. But but. Yeah, but there's something cool about that because not only, you know, because of Vic Rattle and shit, but you got like chains and it's just it's just awesome. I absolutely love it. And, you know, and, and, and it uh, depicts the lyrics to the skull beneath the skin. And uh, yeah. what a great, great, great album cover, man. I, I love it. And honestly, I mean, as much as I like that remix and the original version is supposed to be, I'm so used to that one, you know? Yeah. Absolutely love it, and you know, I mean, I kept up. I seen, I saw Megadeth twice on Peace Cells. They played two nights down here. Then, so far, so good. I saw Rust in Peace open for Priest and Clash of the Titans. I don't think I've ever missed a Megadeth show in South Florida. I I haven't. Uh, I've seen pretty much every tour. System has failed. Did not come down here, though. That didn't come down oh. here. So I did not see that. I didn't. I don't think I saw Megadeth. Since Dave Mustaine reformed the band till Dystopia, no, not Dystopia, uh, Endgame, you know. Wow, yeah. First time, first time I saw Megadeth was 2010. It was the American Carnage tour with Slayer, and uh, over here, Testament was opening. It was, I think, it was Anthrax, maybe over. Uh, yeah, here was over here. You were at? I think it was Anthrax, right? Is that the one? Is that the one where they played all of Rust in Peace? Yeah, it's the Rust in Peace 20th anniversary. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, that was that was with Anthrax down here, and Slayer did all seasons, and Anthrax was really good that night. Um, but anyway, so uh, Dave Mustaine uh, one day slept on his arm, you know, and he oh, woke yeah. up and his arm was all fucked up, and the doctor said he couldn't play anymore, so he pretty much broke up the band, like you know, and. Then there was a lot of problems with Ellison. So when he reformed the band, he didn't bring back Ellison, which was weird to me. It was odd, you know, Megadeth without Ellison. But what matters is the music, you know. And And, and what Dave was saying, you know, listening to this album, you know, so much. I haven't listened to this album. This last week, I listened to it every day. And I haven't listened to to, to the album uh, that frequently since since I first got it, you know. But uh, the, the story is that that Dave didn't know this was going to be a Megadeth album. It was meant to be a Dave Mustaine solo album. And I can kind of see that uh, uh, on the last few tracks of the record because they're very like, okay, this sounds like some some other shit. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But I feel like he was just saying that, you know, to 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 like shoo Ellison away or something. You know what I mean? Because it's yeah. like Blackmail the Universe does not sound like a solo track. That sounds like a fucking Megadeth song. 
kicked the chair. Straight up Megadeth song. This was going to be your solo album? I don't fucking think so. (laughs) Or maybe those were written after, you know, like the the solo album songs he wrote, you know. Right. Uh, But, but, you know, I mean, I, I... I haven't, like you, I haven't heard in a while, so um, when you told me, look, I, I'd rather do System Has Failed, I was like, cool. You know, I mean, uh, I remember liking it. You know, I haven't heard in a while. When it comes to later Megadeth, the ones I listen to the most is Dystopia and Endgame. I love those albums so much. But, um, which, by the way, I just bought Endgame on vinyl. Um, it was at a local record store, well, a couple months ago. I was like, whoa, Endgame's on vinyl? But anyway, so... Um, I did buy this when it first came out on CD. I still don't have it on vinyl. It probably is on vinyl now, right? Yeah, honor. definitely. Yeah. Well, I don't know if the if the OG, but the remaster is on vinyl. Right. So uh, did they change it around like they did the early ones? No, thank Good. God. It's not, it's not remixed and remastered. It's just remastered. So I even listened to the remastered, and, and there's, there's no difference. It's just a little louder. All right, cool. All right. Well, uh... Scribble, why don't you take track one, Blackmail the Universe? Okay. Uh, I mean, this is the this is the ultimate, like, this song right here is, to me, is the ultimate return of Megadeth. You know what I mean? It's the perfect opening that a Megadeth hardcore wants to hear. You know what I mean? It's war popping off into a bludgeoning riff. Uh, to me, this is the true return of Megadeth. You know what I mean? Like, The World Needs a Hero was okay i mean i had a couple cool songs but uh to open the album with this is really setting the bar fucking high you know what i mean and and mustaine is coming in with that snarl it's the return of the mustaine snarl especially when he goes uh with the gun to your head yeah bang bang you know what i mean i love those little that that it's almost like a hip-hop ad-lib that he adds into to that um, and he also does that wow during the album. Oh yeah, it's the return of truly fucking snarly Mustaine. You know what I mean? And also Chris Poland from the first two Megadeth records is playing leads on this record. And boy, can you fucking hear it? Uh, yeah. Because I love the back and forth between Mustaine and Poland. You know, Poland is maybe more melodic and thought out, while Dave's more like Dave comes in just shredding pure anger, raw energy but they mesh together perfectly. This is the perfect opening song to me. Blackmail the universe fucking rules. Oh yeah. Total old school Megadeth, you know, adding that political atrocity prediction that Dave loves doing back in the early days. Uh, and I love that crushing intro with the news reporter that it's just so Megadeth, you know, it's so original. That's, I mean, if you think when you listen to that, it's like, there's no bands that do shit like this. And yeah. dooming. The doom and gloom uh, spoken word before the solo is awesome. This yeah. is a killer song. It's funny. It's cool because I always thought, you know what, in hip-hop, when I, when I mix a song or something like that, I'll take news samples, like straight up from actual news reports, and, you know, put them maybe before a song for, for an effect, you know, for the atmosphere of the song. But you find out that, that Dave has actors and shit coming into the studio and actually doing this. It's not just ripped from fox news or cnn you know what i mean like they they write this and and they come up with the whole thing and that makes it even fucking more awesome to me yeah no no it's it's amazing it's amazing uh i'll take the next one it's called die dead enough yeah it's not bad 
but I'm not crazy with the melodic chorus. You know, I'm sure this is why it was the single, uh, mm-hmm. but it didn't make an impact. Uh, you know, I think the song is just okay. I don't hate it, but you know, listening to it when you know after all this time, I was like, oh yeah, this was the video, and it was kind of like I forgot about the song, so it was not very memorable to me. And I don't think this song was a good choice. They should have had Blackmail of the Universe or a couple ones coming up that I'll mention should have been the first single. But, yeah, it's just okay. Uh, it's kind of a throwback to, you know, the melodic, uh, you know, what they were tr- uh, striving with euth- euthanasia and, and uh, countdown. But, I don't know, for me, it just didn't hit the mark. What, what did you think? Well, first of all, like, I mean, I don't know who the fuck Megadeth have picking their singles throughout their career, but they always make odd choices with their singles, I feel like, you know? Why this was a fucking the first single, I have no idea. I like the song. Um, it's not it's not one of my favorites from the record, but but I definitely feel like Kick the Chair or Blackmail the Universe should have been the first single. Um, but either way, uh I found out last night this was this song was written for Tomb Raider 2. It was written about Laura Kraft or Croft. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and uh, apparently they were only going to give Dave 25000 and he said that wasn't enough for his song. So right. I, I, I never knew that. That's kind of cool to know that. But um, there's very subtle strings in the song. Did you notice that listening back to this, the, the, the strings in the background? No, I do notice strings coming up on another track, but no, I, I didn't notice it on this one. It's very subtle, but, you know, it's subtle enough. To where you might not even notice it. Um, the song, the song to me last night when I was listening to it, I was I was really fucking with it. But then I listened to it this morning. I'm like, eh, this is okay. Uh, catch, like you said, there's a catchy chorus. The I can't punch hard enough. I can't kick high enough. Uh, you know, I, I dig the concept, feeling like you uh, you're never gonna live up to what you want to be, or you're never gonna be good enough. But um yeah the song is okay to me the best part is uh uh the air is thick but the oxygen's thin my heart is beating like a drum boom and that's just because i love hip-hop ad-libs and that's what it reminds me of so yeah die dead enough it's all right yeah it's just not a good uh single and as now history shows uh it was a bad move uh yeah take, take the next one kick the chair Kick the chair, man. This is like, uh, this is what I want Hangar 18 to be. Uh, I know people love Hangar 18. Uh, I think me and you are only the only ones in, in Megadeth fandom that aren't huge on Hangar 18. Yeah. Uh, but this to me, like that whole end section where they're going back and forth, those solos, they're training on and off. Like it just, it's killer. It's a full song. It wasn't like written, you know, I listened to Hangar 18. I feel like, okay, this was probably written as an instrumental. And then Dave just decided, hey, I'll throw a few lyrics on this shit. You know, uh, I feel like this is a full song. Vinny Calhuda is fucking a beast on drums. And I wasn't even aware who this dude was. I knew he was like a session musician, but uh, I decided to look look up his discography and the, the very same year he did this record, he was working with a bunch of pop stars and Lindsay Lohan. So he was going from that, you know, 
to the fucking Megadeth studio to put down the system has failed. So what a fucking diverse motherfucker that is. Um, I love the pounding riff intro. The riff during the verses kind of reminds me of something from Killing Is My Business, very complex and all over the place. Uh, but yeah, this is Megadeth doing what they do best, writing songs about fucked up government corruption. Oh yeah, this now this is more my speed. Uh, this is the Megadeth I love. Accurate, tight as fuck, uh, very rest in peace feel uh, to this one. You know, and I love the kick the chair, the rope is tight. I love that line. What a great uh, dual, guitar duel solo thing with uh, Chris and Dave going back and forth. You know, the yeah. band is, point, is on point here. It's a great song. I absolutely love Kick the Chair. This is a, I don't know, man. I think it may be my favorite off here. I love, but, I love, part, I love the part when Dave, Dave goes uh, 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 right into the second verse. He goes, kick it! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. The next one I love too, the Scorpion. Uh, really? Now, oh, even with the melodic elements, you know, unlike Die what? Dead enough, this one has like some grit to it, and uh, you know, it has a a, a great comp- complicated structure to it. And honestly, dude, this song was stuck in my head. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, after you know the 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 way he delivers those those verses, um, it's different. You know, it's not, you know, it, th- this could have been uh, one of Dave Mustaine's solo songs he intended. But mm-hmm. I think it's a great tune. What, what do you think? Uh, yeah, when, when I first got this CD when I was 12 years old, this was my go-to track right here. Uh, I loved this one. Um, but listening back, I don't love it as much as I used to. You know, it's probably just overplayed uh, in my own personal collection, but I really dig the sound of the, the clock ticking and the effects that they put on the song to add to the atmosphere of it. Uh, and also I love, I love the super high background vocals throughout this album, but it's most evident on this track. It's just like ridiculously computer. I mean, they definitely used a computer adjustment to the, those background vocals. Cause it sounds almost like uh, sci-fi or something. You know what I mean? Those really high background vocals, but it just makes Dave even sound cooler. And uh, this might be the catchiest chorus on the whole album. You know, uh, as I climb onto your back, I will promise not to sting. I will tell you what you want to hear and not mean anything. I love that. Like that Damn, chorus. Damn, you sound just like him, man. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um... But yeah, man, this this song is based on the fables of Aesop, the uh, scorpion and the frog. You know, it's a song about human deceit. It could be political or personal, but I always felt like uh, uh, that the last line in the song, I'm not a lowly scorpion. I'm so much more. I'm the fall of man. And talking about it's man versus man. You know what I mean? That's the reason we fucking struggle so much is because we're fighting each other instead of coming together. And, um, yeah, I love the way the song ends with the news clips and everything like that. The marijuana and hashish da, da, yeah. da, da, over the southern board. I love that whole part. So, I, yeah, the Scorpion is definitely top three tracks for me. Nice. What did you think of Tears in a Vial? I think Tears in a Vial could be right off of Cryptic Writings. I mean, this song sounds like, I mean, even the guitar tone of it sounds like a Cryptic Writings song. Um 
took me took me a while to really get into this one. It took me a few years actually, but I really like it now. Again, it's one. It's not one of my favorites from the album, but uh, I love that that in the beginning when you're listening to it. You think in the beginning of the song that Dave is kind of white knighting it. You know what I mean? It sounds like a, a broken relationship song. Um, you know, your eyes were windows into the into your soul. Your body was heavenly, just like the sky. But then right after that, he goes, until you're all until all your good looks betrayed you, which ain't much. Counted on your counterfeit smiles for too long. And now now that you're gone and now that you're dead. So I love the little twist he added onto it. But yeah, this is just a, you know, it's a radio friendly Megadeth song. Sounds like something from uh, Cryptic Writings. Yeah, and that's what I got out of it. Like, it's about a breakup. And, it, it, you know, it's a pretty straightforward track. And But I, I think it's a cool song. It's not the typical Megadeth song. It does have a somewhat different tone to it. But for me, it works. You know, it does turn more Megadeth toward the end when it picks up. Uh, yeah. But I, I dig it. I do dig uh, Tears in the Vial. Uh, the next one, I Know Jack. You know, it's just an instrumental with, a, you know, a little bit of spoken words. It's kind of pointless to make it so short as yeah. I think I think it's, you know, it has potential. Uh, you know, I, I dig the riffage, I, I, you know, but it just stops. And it, to me, it leaves more to be desired. I was like, God, I wish that was longer, you know. What did you think yeah, of I Know Jack? There's nothing I hate more than this type of shit right here. I love I love it. Don't get me wrong. Like, I love the individual track. But to make it so short and not connected to anything, it's just a waste, you know? Yeah. And, and, yeah, it's like an interlude, you know? I love the dueling spinning guitar solo, but what else is there to say about it? You know what I mean? It sounds like it was the intro for back in the day, but they had, uh, I know Jack Kennedy. Jack Kennedy was a friend of mine. Senator, you're no Jack Kennedy. So it was, they made it political, so it wouldn't really fit onto back in the day. So they had to make it a separate track because it wouldn't make any sense with the next track. But I do remember, I remember uh, it was during a debate. I can't remember who it was said that to somebody else. uh, Yeah. 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 And maybe it was toward Clinton or something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, yeah, it just, it just like bothers me. It just, abruptly ends like that you know but uh what did you think of back in the day oh back in the day still one of my all-time favorites uh from the record uh of course the infamous duck dodgers appearance um i saw that when i was a kid and i fucking loved it uh megadeth as cartoons with fucking daffy duck and shit that was classic to me um but but uh yeah, this song is based, I like that he talks about, you know, from SF out to Old Bridge, New York back to L.A., talking about Metallica. Uh, you know, after all that this motherfucker's been through, you know, the drugs, the the abusive fucking father who would drag Dave, you know, down the street with a pair of pliers to his fucking ear, the religion shit that fucked him up. Um, but he prevailed through all of it. And that's really what Dave Mustaine is to a lot of us hardcore fans, like, He's a symbol that you can get through the bullshit. And this this song is a perfect example of that. So I love back in the day. It's super relatable to me. Um, yeah, it's a fucking it to me. It's a modern day Megadeth classic. I love it. Oh, yeah, it's a fucking killer track, man. And yeah, I hear uh, those lyrics are totally about his time in Metallica. And mm-hmm. uh, and to hear, you know, again, 
Poland and Dave trade solos. It's fucking epic. And you yeah. know, toward the end, toward the end, dare I say, uh, black metal type riffage going on. You know, yes. those riffs, I was like, dude, that sounds black metal to me. You know? Um, yeah. Well, this was yeah. this was the, this was the time. Remember, uh, this was the time where Mustaine was getting the most shit because he had just become a Christian. You know, like right. a year or two before this. And you know, for becoming for someone who just became a Christian, he's got some snarly shit on here. You know what I mean? Some angry shit, some shit that you haven't heard, you know, since Rust in Peace countdown. You know, some shit where you could feel like, oh, there's some anger in this motherfucker, and he's got something to say. So, you know, people want to hate on him for believing in God or whatever the fuck, like whatever. But this motherfucker, you know, after you're doing drugs for thirty fucking years, you need something to pull you the fuck out of that. Uh, I I always find it hypocritical how anybody would slam anybody over religion uh, because it's like, dude, whatever the fuck you believe in, would you like somebody to come down on you about it? You know, you'd be upset too, you know? So it's like, dude, I don't care, man. You can believe in Jesus, Satan, whatever. I, I, to me, it's your own fucking choice, you know? Freedom of choice. I'm American, bro. America, motherfucker. We got to fucking believe in what we believe in and fuck anybody's opinion. You know, you do what you do, man, and, and stand by it. And uh, so, hey, man, I mean, I may not be religious or anything, but I respect anybody's choice in what religion. I don't care if it's Buddha, you know, my religion's Sabbath, you know, uh, but <laughs> I mean, but, but dude, honestly, bro, I actually did see my gods for real. You know, they were in front of me, you know, I actually <laughs> saw them alive, you know, and uh and, you know, I mean, I got, I, I did, dude, I'm, I'm not saying this for comedy, but I sincerely got a religious experience when I finally saw the original Sabbath uh, during the song Sweet Leaf. It was like, I don't know, I almost felt like, you know, my soul left my body for a second. I was like, oh my God. And I don't know why that song, even though I worship that song, it's a solid 10, but it was that, that song in the set did it for me, but. You know, I mean, that's my religion. My religion is metal, man. I mean, and it does something for me. And and for Dave, Jesus does something for him. So, you know, more power to him, man. Yeah, yeah exactly, bro. Like, uh, that, that elitism, that fucking, especially in metal, like that fucking, like, oh, fuck God. If you believe in God, fuck you, blah, blah, blah. I can never support. Like, that's some, some stupid shit. Yeah, and that's it's, fuck- it's, it's ridiculous. All right, so the next one is Something I'm Not. And this one's kind of weird because I like it. It's kind of simple, but it makes a point with those snotty vocals to match the snotty lyrics. Um, it may be filler, but, you know, it's killer filler to me. And uh, that is much welcome on this album. You know, I mean, I don't mind this song. You know, it's. Uh, and, and you've noticed I said I had a problem with this album. So far, I've only had one song problem, but, you know, it kind of ends here. But uh, what did you think of uh, something um, I'm not, that I'm not? Yeah, this is a, th- this song is a grower. It took a while, uh, but now I love it. It's one of my favorites. Um, yeah, I love the I love the snarky lyrics. It makes you sick. To, it makes me sick to hear you say you love me. I know you only love what I can do for you. So sarcastic, and snarky, man. I love that uh, that that killer groovy riff. It's it's a mid tempo banger, and. Uh, my, I, I got to say, my favorite version of the song is the uh, live in Buenos Aires version from 2005. 
when the whole crowd is bouncing to that. I mean, the whole crowd is bouncing. That's fucking 25,000 people just bouncing to that riff. Um, but yeah, at, at the time when I was 12 and listening to this, I definitely thought this was a shot at Metallica. Although looking back now, I think it's just about a relationship. But uh, I always thought it was a shot at Metallica because he says, we've all laughed at the parody that you've become. Now the pain slowly paid back has been good. And you got to remember, this was this was uh, uh, the era of St. Anger. You know oh. what I mean? When they, they truly became a parody of themselves. And, and also, Dave was pissed at some kind of monster that they used his scene in some kind of monster. So that I, that always stuck out to me. But yeah, I love overall, I love this song. It's it's killer. I'll never skip it. It's killer filler. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. That's what I think it is. Uh, what did you think of the next one, Truth Be Told? Sin lies at the doorway. Oh, my God. I love this one. Uh, pretty, pretty easy to figure out. <laughs> what this song's about. He says it in the first line, this is the first tale of death in the world when Cain struck down Abel. So it's another man versus man kind of thing, the nature of human civilization and destruction and that type of thing. But it's got a really catchy hook. Uh, Hell's up before business now. I love that. Love the bridge. Uh, the curse of beauty, the, the curse of future just repeats the past. There's hell to pay. The stones that cast uh yeah man humans are fucked that's the idea of the song dave's blazing solo in the middle section is my favorite solo of the whole album so not my favorite song of the whole album but it does contain my favorite solo well i like the chorus but that's about it dude uh, uh this song to me is kind of disjointed uh you know it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's dave uh definitely a solo song because it sounds like he's trying to do something different and I don't know. It just does nothing for me. Um, oh, absolutely. I'll agree with you. It does. This This is definitely one of the songs, Dave, when Dave sat down and said, I'm going to write a solo album. This is definitely one of those. Yeah. And I, I didn't like uh, Of Mice and Men either. Uh, there is nothing yeah. I like about this song. I think it's just filler and it does nothing at all for me. Uh, I'll pass on this one. What do you think of this one? Uh, yeah, I'm with you on that one. This is my least favorite song from the whole record. I mean, I'll take fucking I Know Jack over this shit. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, me too. Me too. Um, you know, it's it's another looking back kind of song like back in the day was. We already got one of those. You know what I mean? It's uh, a track I was always embarrassed to show my friends because of the Backstreet Boys style vocal intro. Oh my god, it's like, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing, bro? So yeah, man, of mice and men, I, I'll skip this shit for eternity. This is this is my least favorite, one of my least favorite Megadeth songs, period. Well, what did you think of Shadow of Death? Uh, is that supposed to be Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yeah, I have something to say about that, too. Uh, it kind of reminds me of like a Dawn Patrol kind of thing, but not nearly as cool. You know what I mean? This is like a third rate fucking Dawn Patrol. Uh, it's just Psalm 23, uh, 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 read by Arnold Schwarzenegger. So it's cool. Musically, it's kind of cool. I like the, the marching kind of feel of it. But yeah, nothing, nothing special. Uh, another filler track like I Know Jack. 
Yeah, I, I, I mirror what you said. I think the spoken word is pretty lame. I think musically it's okay, but you know, I think this 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 song would be better if you added a voice more like the Dawn Patrol. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I think I would like this song more to have, you know, because the, the spoken word is kind of what, like what ruins it for me. It's, uh, it's, I just think it's lame. Add that crazy, like, you know, Dawn Patrol fucking eerie vocals and it yeah, would be. Yeah, not this fucking Meryl and Domino. Like, what the fuck am I listening to? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's weird, man. It's weird. And then we come to the last track. It's My Kingdom. And, uh, I, I think it's better than the last three th- three tracks, but uh, to me, that's not saying much. I don't really hate it, but don't really like it much either. It's just there. It's not it's not a great climax, in my opinion, you know, to this album. I, I think, again, it's kind of forgettable. It, you know, going back and listening to this album, I, I don't even remember this one. But I... Yeah, I, I um, go ahead. Go ahead. Um... Yeah, man, this one this one is weird. It's not a bad track, like you were saying. I feel like maybe they could have put it in the middle if they would have. I feel like if they would have ended "System Has Failed" with maybe uh, something I'm not or "Back in the Day," I feel like that would be more cohesive. You know what I mean? But yeah, this track is. Just, I mean, it, it's one of the most boring riffs, opening riffs I've ever heard in a Megadeth song. It's just that opening that dun 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 dun. But when when Dave's vocals come in, I dig it. Uh, kind of a bummer to end the album with. Um, I never really knew the lyrics, but I looked them up and they kick ass, you know. In a truce, sealed by blood within this metal skin and all that I own. Blood, bone, and courage in my veins and the heart that pumps it. Drink from the chalice and be reborn. And the land with you, it, with me, it will change and transform cool lyrics and everything and the song finally switches up and kicks into gear you know around the two minute mark speeds up a little bit but yeah it's a solid it's a solid you know filler song yeah but kind kind of a bummer it is but you know what as a whole looking at the megadeth discography uh it's not it's it's not a bad album it's not really low in the list on my list um, you know, it just, uh, it, it kind of peters off at the end, you, you know, with, uh, back of the day, Scorpion kicked the chair, blackmail universe. I mean, that, that makes up for it to make it a good album, you know? Absolutely. And those are the songs that I think of when I think of, that's why I have such a nostalgia for it because listening to those songs that you just named, they're so goddamn good, especially when you compare it to risk and fucking the world needs a hero. You know what I mean? Like, I can yeah. find some shit I like on World Needs a Hero. You know what I mean? I like Burning Bridges. I even like Disconnect now. You know, there's some shit that I like on, on the World Needs a Hero. I like, but this, I like A Thousand Times Goodbye. I like that uh, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's a little weird. I mean, that one's super weird. <laughs> but it's a good I, song. I liked it. Yeah, I liked it. But having the, the, the female vocals in there was, I always, that part is the part that always threw my threw me off on that one. Right. But uh, yeah, um, I'd say so definitely like you compare these to it's just like when you listen to Super Collider and then you listen to fucking Dystopia. It's like, holy shit. Like that, that to me is the difference between World Needs a Hero and System Has Failed. You know, it's just when you compare it to the last two Megadeth records before it, it it kicks total ass. It, It makes it it makes System Has Failed look like rust in peace. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, <laughs> I hear what you're saying. But uh, yeah, dude, so uh, great having you on. Um, and uh, Scribble, I'm going to do something I only did one time before on this podcast, and I'm going to do it again. I'm going to invite you inside the Vieira Vault. So uh, follow me. All right, let's go. All right, we're in the vault, and sorry, Scribble, I, I haven't dusted in here in a while. Um, I, I, you know, this is a part of my show where I play something. I play a song. And what I would love to play on this episode, appropriately enough, was what you did for me, what I said earlier in the show. Uh, I did uh, on, uh, I think it was my podcast. I did like, you know, one little minute rap thing. It was like, well, you said earlier when Eminem was inside some garage spitting against Trump or whatever he was saying. And I took that and... I just talked about metal and uh, and you heard it and you added beats to it. And I loved it so much. And I did make a video for it, but uh, I want to play that right now. You ready? Let's go. Here it goes. And uh, by the way, I call this epic rap. Epic rap. The scribble mix. (laughs) You got it right. It's the calm before the storm right here. Wait. I was going to start this off. Oh, yeah. Here's a rap I'm going to drop. Rock. What the fuck? Get it. Hot, 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 Bust the horizon. Pay no Verizon. Can't stop the Poseidon. Poseidon. Gonna break up my grandma from that asylum. With the help of my main man, the legend King Diamond. Welcome home, Grandma. Let me get you the door. Later, I'll get you some tea at the convenience store. Door, door is a jam. I'll be damned. Be right back, Grandma. Just chill and hang. I'm in a bind, I declare. If she shits her underwear, then it will spread everywhere. Now! Fuck that, Granny. You're on your own. You try to fix the dough. I got to go. Going downtown to get a massage. And then listen to some Black Sabbath. Go pick up my entourage and finish this rap inside a garage. All right now, homies, y'all stand back, back, and don't you all look at my ass. Fuck that. This is for Sabbath, so raise up the horns. Respect to the master, especially Bill Ward. Metal gods, Judas Priest, monsters of rock. Who cares if Rob Halford sucks on some cock? out wrong getting weird i better now stop come on dr fuck finish this chop chop for the shame game at the top of my game sucker mcs y'all been maimed one by one flame 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 now you all feel my name sweeter than aspartame my flow can't be tamed one more thing i gotta say rock and roll hall of fame all right there you go it's short but you know it's it's more uh it makes more of a point than I know Jack, you know, than in that, that of drug. And I, and I thank you so much for doing that for me. And I thank you so much for donating, dude. Um, you know, it's cause of you and everybody that did donate. Uh, I got to go to, you know, uh, Nashville for free. And also it helped a lot with the rock and pod, which is, mm-hmm. you know, was very important. And, you know, it also made, 
you know, the Rock and Metal Combat podcast look like just total pimps, which we were. We were well, total pimps. I've been I've been uh, uh, on the podcast wagon since 2009. I was still in high school and uh, I was listening to back then there was like I think the classic metal show was around. Um, but as far as metal podcasts go, there wasn't a whole lot. I think uh, uh, D. Snyder had something going on for a little bit or maybe that was later. But yeah, like I remember Joe Rogan. I was listening to Joe Rogan in like 2009. And shit like that. So I've I've been a hardcore podcast fan for years and years. And and when I found you and Ian and the classic metal show, and, and you know I had I now have this whole group of podcasts that I absolutely fucking love. And and it's hard to find. You know what I mean? Because now podcasts are so fucking big. Everybody's got a podcast, and you got to surf through all this fucking bullshit to find the good shit. You know what I mean? To find the good wave. And uh, I'm definitely glad I found you, bro. And it was an honor to fucking uh, 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 have you on my podcast and be on yours. And and you actually uh, did an intro uh, uh, and an outro for one of my mixtapes. It was a it was a compilation of all my old mixtape tracks. That's and uh, right. I got Doctor Fuck is on the intro. So everyone go check out Scribble: The History of Violence. Uh, and Doctor Fuck is on the intro and outro. And hey, man, you've always been super fucking cool. I want to get you back on my podcast, do a Sabbath episode, because I love Sabbath. But uh, yeah, man, thank you for having me on. Dude, and whenever you want me, dude, I'm down to do that Sabbath. You know me, I love talking Sabbath. I love talking about the Lords. So whenever you need me, bro, I'm on there, you know? And uh, But, you know, you, you also have uh, more, more releases, right? Uh, yeah. Musical releases. Um. A couple years ago, 2018, I released uh, an album called Skinwalker, and that did actually really good and, uh, you know, charted on the top 100 nice. uh, in America and in uh, Ireland, of all fucking places. Wow. Uh, so I don't know what, what that was about, but I'm actually working on a new album. It's 95% recorded, done. It just needs to be mastered. And uh, But I got Chris Barnes from Six Feet Under. the OG I remember scene. reading that, yeah. Yeah, the OG vocalist of Cannibal Corpse. He he's super cool. He did the, this dope ass intro. The album is called Black Eyed Children, and he did this amazing fucking intro for the record. I got Art Alexakis from a band called Everclear. If anyone from the nineties, I know, that. I know Everclear. I know. Yeah, yeah one of my all time favorites. Um, got my boy uh, Chucky Chuck uh, from you know D Gaff, Cottonmouth Kings. All that shit. So it's a really good record. I can't wait for motherfuckers to hear it. It's it's even though it's not a it's a straight up hip hop record. I'm a metalhead. You know what I mean. So there's plenty of metal references, and I'm just putting this out there. You might hear a Ralph Vieira clip before one of my songs starts on this record. So ooh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. I'm proud hilarious, to be part of it, man. A hilarious doctor. Fuck. Uh, uh, quote that I pulled from a podcast, and you, <laughs> people are gonna love it, man. I can't All wait. Right, I, I want you to send me the clip, and I don't want to know what quote it is. I want to be surprised. All right, you'll be surprised, bro. Yeah, definitely send it to me. Well, brother, I can't thank you enough, man. And uh, you have an open invitation. I'm gonna have you on my show again, and I'm ready to do the the Sabbath on your podcast. What's the name of your podcast again? Let everybody know. Uh, if you want to hear my podcast, uh, I used to have my own feed, but it, there's some shit going on with the with the uh, station I was on and shit like that. So 
just search from the dungeon and uh that's basically the little uh podcast network i'm on fancast media just search from the dungeon subscribe and uh my show is called the psycho head blowout we do top tens you know i've had bob now bandy and on uh, yeah i love bob bob was on my show twice bob is fucking amazing uh, yeah. The man who got Marty Friedman into Megadeth, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know who fucking Bob Now Bandian is. Yeah, um, he's old school. Yeah. I've had him on. I've had Chris and Neely from the Classic Metal Show. Uh, dope guests. We do top tens. Uh, we do Love or Hates, which is basically we'll listen to a discography of a band, decide whether we love or hate them. We've done Anvil. We've done Anthrax. We've done a, 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 a shitload of those ones. So, yeah, just... It's a, it's a great show if you're into metal talk and, and metal nerdism at, at its peak. Awesome, dude. So uh, everybody check them out. And, uh, and again, dude, thank you so much. And uh, it was an honor having you uh, on my show as much as it was an honor having the great Dr. Fuck on your show, dude. You got damn and right. On, and on your albums, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm honored. That uh, that I did the intro and outro, and I remember that. I remember doing that. I had a lot of fun doing that shit. And uh, again, thanks again, dude. And uh, till next time, man. Smack him a god, brother. Smack him a god. Goddamn. Hell yeah, man. Scribble rules. I love that guy. What a great, great, great uh, guest he is. I'm gonna have him on again. That's for damn. uh, That's for damn sure. Anyway, it's come to the end of the show, and. uh, uh, just a couple little things I want to talk about uh, as I'm recording this on March 29th, 2020. Um, as most of us that have brain cells, uh, we're staying in quarantine, riding out this coronavirus bullshit. And I'm not a guy typically to stay at home much. And it drives it's driving me crazy, but... I've been doing a lot of stuff, a lot of videos um, for my Almost Human video uh, channel. Also, the I have a channel on, on YouTube called Ralph Vieira's Videos, where I, I just uploaded a shit ton of compilation videos that I've uh, acquired through the 80s with my VCR. A lot of stuff that I recorded on my VCR and dumped on DVD, and I ripped them on my computer, and I'm putting them up. And I have them all scheduled for the next three months worth every Thursday at 6 p.m. on Ralph Vieira's videos on YouTube. You'll see compilations of, I just put up an Aussie one from the 80s. A lot of stuff that you can't find on YouTube is uh, now on YouTube thanks to Ralph Vieira's videos. And, you know, next Thursday, as you're listening to this, uh, will be the Aussie 90s compilation. I got, uh, well, just subscribe. You'll be surprised every Thursday, 6 p.m. A lot of people have been thanking me for putting it up because, you know, we're all stuck at home, man. I mean, again, those with us with brain cells. Because honestly, man, I know you're trying to be countercultural, all you idiots out there. Uh, the flu kills more people. So what? We just lost the guitar player L.A. Caveras, who played on the first Riot album, to the stupid coronavirus. And I actually know somebody, too. I mean, I wasn't very close to him, but I know who he was that passed away from it. And, uh, 
come on, man. Be smart, everybody. Stay inside. You know? Now's not the time to be uh, Mr. Rebellious. This sucks. I hate being indoors this long. What I do is every single morning at 6.15 when the sun is coming up, I take my walk outside. I have the bay two blocks from my house. I do like about a, an hour to an hour and a half walk. And then I come home and I just isolate myself in my house all day. And here and there I'll go to my parents. And I keep my distance from my parents. But I have to see my parents. I'm a mama's and papa's boy. So uh, I have to see them. And uh, we're going we're gonna to get through this. As long as uh, the idiots comply. I hope they start complying. And uh, hey, rest in peace, uh, L.A. Carreras. I cranked up some uh, Rock City yesterday, the first Riot album. Great stuff, man. Love Riot. I'm a big fan of Riot. And uh, again, thank you all for listening. Be safe out there. And please uh, listen to me. Stay inside. And always uh, wear gloves when you go outside. I wear gloves, disposable gloves, and I throw them away when I come inside. And I wash my hands anyway. Because uh, I don't want to be taken out by this bullshit. And as long as, as long as we stay inside, this shit won't last. Trust me, we'll get we'll get through this. Um, it might take longer because of idiots. But as always, if you're still listening to my voice now, thank you so much. I'm gonna have an episode up every single week. And believe me, uh, before this whole coronavirus outbreak, I already made a vow to put up episodes every week, and I have been. You've been getting brand new episodes every single week before this coronavirus. And, geez, now it's like I have all the time in the world. So I'm going to have an episode up every Sunday. So, uh, and I, and oh, and I also want to thank all the cool people that have been sharing my podcast. You know who you are. Thank you so much. I think that's fucking awesome. Uh, people that subscribe and listen and comment and uh, you all mean a lot to me and boy I hope none of you are idiots and staying inside well no you have to be staying inside you can't be an idiot you listen to my podcast anyway till next week everybody stay safe and of course as always smack them a gob